Hello guys, welcome back to my fabulous show and I am so excited to have you here again. So I want to jump right in and bring a couple of subjects that I want to address. First, I would love to talk about something that is very important in our lives. I've learned that the way I handle situations when I am trying to do something for another person is really interesting how it works. Now, of course, we've all been the bitter haters, especially me. I was, when I was younger, I was very, I was very, I don't know, angry, I suppose. I don't know what was wrong with me, but I, sometimes I did things with bad intentions and that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about our intentions and our intention power. This is something that is very extraordinary. It is something that all of us have within us and we put out there in the world. As I've noticed, intentions are things that we put our thoughts, heart, bitterness, love, hatred behind it and throw it out to someone, right? So for instance, let's say a person gets encountered by someone who's begging for money on the streets and they look very needy and let's say an elderly woman who's got a baby in her arms and she's asking you for money. So. You look in your wallet and all you have is like a $5 bill. You don't have a one or change. So you give her the $5 bill because you feel so sorry for her. Your intention behind that is pure and good because you want to help this woman who has a baby in her arms and is begging for money. Let's say this woman takes that bill and looks at it and looks at you and smiles and just kind of walks away. But her demeanor changes from a needy woman to someone who says, wow, I just scored five bucks. Next, the intention that you had to help this poor needy woman is now been taken to a different level because you know you were just used by someone and your intention was good. Then suddenly you see this happen, so you feel kind of cheated, right? Regardless, your intention was good and that's what counts in the universe. When you have a good intention for something, no matter what the other side is, you will always win. This is what I've realized and I've learned. When you have something that you want to do to someone and it's not necessarily something nice and you have a bad intention behind it, I suggest not do it at all. Try to think of something different because when you bring intentions, negative intentions to someone's existence, it's always going to bounce back to you. It is really important that your intentions behind something are pure and always positive. When you have a good intention, even if the outcome is not positive, it's never going to bounce back to you in a negative way. I'm telling you that an intention can be something as small as a gesture or as big as a gift. It doesn't matter what the gift is though. The gift could be really expensive, really cheap. It doesn't matter. It's your intention behind it. Our intentions can be good and sometimes people don't understand and they can think our intentions are not good. Sometimes we can be misunderstood. It's okay. It doesn't matter what the other receiving end is or what they expect or what they perceive. Eventually, things will fall into place. So it's much better to have a good intention because when you do something, you may not realize that in the world or in the universe, you're putting out there little pockets, let's say. So when I say something like, I am going to lose 
20 pounds this month and I'm going to try really hard. Your intentions may be good in that moment, but if you do not follow through with what you just told yourself and put out in the universe, you are making this little pocket that you're never going to fill. You're making a little hole in the ground and you have no dirt to cover it back up because you didn't finish what you intended to do in the universe. So when you say something, no matter if it's really small or if it's really big, if it's a goal, if it's something that's gonna happen within an hour or it's gonna happen within a few days or a week or a month or a year, whatever it is, if you commit yourself to the universe of some sort to do something for someone or for yourself or for a cause or for an animal or for anyone or for anything, you're going to put it out there. You should always fulfill what you say you're going to do. It is really hard to do that. I've not successful at it still, but I want you to know that when you do that, don't fill these little holes in the universe. Same thing when you promise something to someone and it doesn't happen. When you make an empty promise or when you make something like this, like a negative space in the universe, you're going to be full with all these negative spaces in the universe and your energy is going to be very off. Your, your body is not free of stress. So anyway, when you say you're going to do something, commit yourself to it. It's really great to do that because it keeps you pure. It keeps you sane. It keeps you 100% true to yourself. Uh, lately, I've been telling myself that if I commit myself to something, I will 100% do it. And my intention behind it is always going to be positive. All intentions that you have from today on, make them positive. There's no room for negative intentions to bring the things around into a circle. There's always going to be an outcome. The outcome is always going to reflect what your intentions were. So just remember that it's like a mirror, an invisible mirror that's always there. When you have a good intention, the image, your outcome is always going to be good. It's going to be positive. Whenever you have a bad intention, your outcome is never going to be good. We've all been there. We've all had stressful situations or negative encounters with people where our outcomes have not been well. And of course, there are times when people do things to us that make us feel that our intentions must be negative in order for us to prove a point. And our intentions, even though we think they're going to serve us, if we do something bad to someone with those negative intentions behind it, it's a never-ending trap because the outcome is always going to come back to us. Our outcome is not going to be good. So it's something that to keep in mind, I'm sure that everyone doesn't mean to have bad intentions, but once in a while, even if it's to call someone and make them feel bad about anything, which I do all the time, I need to stop myself from doing that because even if it's something so small, for instance, I was going to tell my coworker the other day, Hey, your hair is messed up in the back. You really need to get some better hair products. That was going to be my original thing I was going to tell him, but why do that? So I didn't say it, even though that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> Instead, I didn't say anything. I think that sometimes, even if our intention is not necessarily great, it's just best not to say it if that's the case. <laughs> okay. I want to talk about something very interesting that I witnessed. Well, I wasn't there, but I watched a video on this recently. Very intrigued by the whole thing. I'm talking about a couple things. First of all, 
on May 6th, in our time, our, our lifetime, we are going to witness something very incredible, which is the coronation of King Charles III. And I am very excited to see this happening. Um, I always wanted to witness something of this magnitude. This is going to be a big, big scale event in England from May 6th through the 8th in London. The whole weekend is going to be full of ceremonial events because, of course, King Charles III and now uh, Queen Camilla are going to be crowned. The oldest ever to be crowned. Um, and, of course, it's going to come out to the balcony and wave to everyone. And there's going to be parties and everyone's going to be there. And um, after his mother had, you know, had been queen for 70 years, who was the longest reigning uh, monarch, he's been waiting since he was three years old. His coronation will take place at the Westminster Abbey. And also, what the king gets to wear, his jewels. I mean, the crown jewels are just incredible. We're going to talk about the crown jewels eventually in this podcast for sure. The thing I'm most intrigued and really, really interested in is the chrism oil. It's called chrism oil. This is what they use to anoint the His Majesty the King. The chrism oil was created in Jerusalem on March 3rd, and I watched this whole video on how it's done. It's really interesting, actually. Um, it is done at the holiest of places in the world. It's Jerusalem, and it's literally where Jesus Christ is buried. Um, it's basically um, a ceremony that takes place with a lot of different priests and patriarchs of the church. Um, they include sesame, rose, jasmine, cinnamon, and orange blossom, all these oils. And the oil was created by using olives from two groves on the Mount of Olives, one of the monastery of Mary Magdalene, which is the burial place of Prince Philip's mother. Um, and basically it's a really holy place. So this holy oil is very, very important. Uh, this tradition goes back to the Old Testament. This is a sacred ceremony. And I am very into it. I think it's really cool. Um, it's very symbolic. They put the oil into a coronation spoon and anoint the silvering in the hands, the breast, and the head. So anointing a person emphasizes a spiritual status. So it says that the silvering was originally considered to be appointed by God. And this ceremony is sort of the anointing from God's hand for the coronation. Anyway, a lot of people do not like King Charles. A lot of people do not like Camilla. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting coronation. I am more interested about the actual historic fact that we're going to watch a coronation. And also, it's really great. If you go on YouTube, you'll find a video about the chair. The coronation chair is a really old chair. The king gets to sit on this magical chair. It's called the St. Edward's Chair. This chair was originally commissioned by Edward I back in 1296. That is a long time ago. This chair was commissioned then, and it is still the chair used after seven centuries. And 26 monarchs have sat there to be crowned. This year, we get to see this chair. And... King Charles III gets to sit and be crowned on it. This chair has to be taken care of so, so much. 
they use these goat hair brushes to take care of it. And back in the 18th and 19th century, uh, Westminster Abbey allowed guests to come in and actually graffiti on the chair, which is crazy. So some of this graffiti from the 1800s, it's still there. Um, but anyway, this chair is so much has so much symbolism it actually holds there's a bottom there's a part of the bottom underneath where you sit that holds the stone of schoon the stone of schoon is this it's called the stone of destiny it's placed under the chair it was actually taken from the scots and there's a lot of stories behind the stone itself some people think it's the uh stone that Jacob laid his head on like a pillow in Genesis 28 and also it's a stone Jacob used to build an altar for God and kings used to be crowned upon it anyway this chair we're gonna see it live on May 6 and I'm really excited to look at it and look at this big stone that sits at the bottom and hope to see King Charles I don't think they're gonna show his um the oil anointment that they're gonna do the for his mom the queen they didn't show it they covered it so maybe on television they'll show it maybe not i'm not sure but anyway on may 6th it's gonna be really exciting to watch something like this for our history lifetime history this is a historic moment and it's very exciting that we're gonna to get to see it all right uh well in my personal life i wanted to share something that's going on this weekend with me and actually this is something i do as a side business too uh, a while ago i used to be a volunteer at the la zoo and I used to do tours for students and for guests and talk about animals. I also used to be a very involved volunteer. So I used to do diets for animals. So I used to take care of the fish for the seals, the sea lions, and a lot of diets, about 30 different diets for many different animals, including many birds. Another thing I did at the zoo, which was really fun, I actually um, would have, I would drive a van full of amazing animals these were live animals and i would also bring a bunch of artifacts and educational tools to schools um, we would do a conservation talk for about an hour to children specifically kids with autism so we used to do um, these conservation talks and uh, live animal shows for children and it was really fun and after COVID, that stopped. And then afterwards, I actually moved away from the zoo and I'm not, I wasn't able to continue with the program. But it was really fun and it was something I did for a couple of years. So because I actually have a lot of pets of my own, I, I decided that I would share them with the world as well. Um, but instead, I would actually do birthday party. So I created a company called Abel's Ark. Abel's Ark is an animal encounter, if you will, for kids' birthday parties. And I bring all of my stuff. I do a conservation talk. We talk about animals and their adaptations. And I bring my live animals. Um, I have reptiles, mammals, and even tarantulas. Anyway, this Sunday, I live in a community where on Sunday we're doing a uh, an Easter event and I'm actually going to have a booth with uh, Abel's Ark. So I'm really excited about it. And I can't wait. And if you ever are close to me and you want me to do a birthday party for your kids, let me know because I'll be more than happy to do that. You may remember in a couple episodes ago, I talked about Frankensteining our clothing. I went in my closet this weekend and pulled out a bunch of stuff that I love that I don't want to throw out because it's cool to me one way or the other, but it just doesn't fit right. So I pulled out like maybe 20 different pieces of clothing from some jackets to shirts to pants 
Anyway, I am going to give it a try in the next few days where I'm going to cut up things and put them together back again with, I got these crazy industrial needles that are going to be really easy to sew with. So I'm going to take it and bring my clothing to this clothing that is not just sitting there that I don't want to donate because I want to keep it because there's a lot of cool stuff, but I want to cut it up and repurpose it and make a new life for it. So I'm excited to do this. I'm also working on a bunch of paintings. Um, I, I'm going to have an art booth in June in my community. So I'm going to be doing paintings of butterflies and clouds and mushrooms and all these easy to carry art pieces. But I'm also working on two big paintings. One of them is called the Kahramana Fountain. The Kahramana Fountain is located in Iraq in Baghdad. And I am painting it for my boss's mother. Um, she is an 80 something year old woman and she saw my artwork and she told my boss that she, her wish is that one day she could have one of my paintings of this particular fountain. The Kahramana fountain, um, is in Baghdad, like I said, and it's a really interesting story. It's depicting the scene from the legend of Alibaba and the 40 thieves. Um, it's a story taken from 1001 Nights in which a slave girl, Marjana, outwitted the thieves by tricking them into hiding inside jars over which she poured hot oil on. The statue was officially opened in 1971 and was the work of an Iraqi sculpture. Um, I am going to be painting it. And I started the project this weekend and I'm very excited about it. I hope to finish it soon. I will tell you guys about it once it's completed. And by the way, if you're listening out there and you ever want a painting of anything, reach out to me. I love commissions. And for my friends and my listeners, I give really big fat discounts. So reach out to me. If you want a painting, I'm your man. Another amazing thing I'm so excited about happening in May. It's of course the Met Gala ball, the Met Gala the Met Ball 2023. It is going to be wild. The guest list is going to be very different this year because Miss Anna Wintour has banned a bunch of people that are no longer relevant. The exhibition for the Costume Institute this year is called the Carl Lagerfeld A Line of Beauty. So basically it's going to show and showcase all these creations that Carl Lagerfeld um, made throughout his life. I'm sure that we're going to see things from Balmain, Chloe, Fendi, Chanel, including also Carl's own line. The actual theme is in honor of Carl. As simple as that. I'm sure that everyone's going to show up in many different versions of what that means. So even though Carl's controversial, his creations are incredible. And I'm sure everyone's going to show up to support. And of course, this is a great event. Uh, this event is raised a lot of money because to attend to this event, it's like 35 grand per ticket. And you can only attend if you're invited. Of course, Anna Wintour is in charge and, you know, only the big, big, big stars will be invited. So it's really going to be interesting to see who's going to show up. Um, this is one of those events that has no phones, so people cannot have their cell phones, including all the, all the celebrities. 
I think that people sometimes sneak pictures in the bathroom, like we've seen before, and always there's going to be like a behind the scenes person that can do it. Uh, and I will design, assign somebody to do that. The ball will take place on May 1st of this year. It's going to be so exciting to see who's going to show up and to see what amazing, fabulous outfits everyone's going to wear. I can't wait. That brings me to an end of our little time together today. I want to thank you so much for being here with me and listening to me. Remember that whoever you are out there, always know that you are loved. Someone loves you. That could be me because I love you. Bye, guys.